0: From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the very first LPL Market Signals of 2022. Ryan and Jeff here. Jeff, I was gone, I guess, for the last one we did last year. You and Scott filled in, did an excellent job. Then we took a little break for the holidays, but we are back. Now, Jeff, the most important thing I think I want to bring up during this whole podcast how many episodes into the new season of Cobra Kai have you watched?
1: I'm uh, afraid to admit that I'm already through with all of them. My wow. daughter, wow. my daughter is a binge watcher, <laughs> and so uh, I, you know, it took us a uh, couple days, but we got through them all.
0: So I How guess I'm, I'm up to uh, I believe it's number six, episode six. I think there's ten, right? Pretty sure there's ten. So. Yeah, it's is it, uh, you know, let's not give it away, but is it pretty good? I mean, the ending, everything they stick the landing, so they say,
1: uh, yeah, I think it's pretty good. Uh, it sets up for, I guess, season five, so <laughs> maybe, maybe
0: that's all I'll share. There you go. That, uh, it, not everything gets resolved. I like hearing that. That's that's uh, that's good. Sometimes I will say you watch shows and it. It just feels like some shows go on, you know, six, seven seasons. They should have wrapped it up in three or four. Um, hopefully they don't go that route with one of our LPL Market favorite shows, Cobra Kai. But it's good to hear it's still uh, still going strong. So, you know, Jeff, we've got a lot to talk about. It's it, Fun times. I mean, <laughs> we're going to talk about last year. Right, last year was an amazing, amazing year for stocks. Not so good for bonds. We'll kind of talk a little bit about that. Then, you know, we're going to do a little more of a review of what did we learn. Right? I mean, there's there's always takeaways, or maybe in some cases things we relearn. Sometimes we forget things over time. Uh, so we're going to talk about kind of some major takeaways, what we learned, or maybe relearned from last year's market action. And then we're just going to close it out with the kind of, hey, what could happen in 2022? We've given our outlook. We've, we've talked about different things. But I think it's good to rehash. And the honest truth is over the past month, some things have changed. I mean, stocks keep going up a lot. You know, I mean, are we a little too far stretched? What do we think? So we'll kind of wrap things up with the where we see 2022 what am i going to say here 2022 kind of hard to say that for some reason maybe i haven't said it very often um you know have you messed up by the way jeff like uh you know your date when you do a date like if you use the 2021 have you moved forward you made that mistake yet
1: Uh, i have not i was so worried about messing that up
0: that i
1: think it's in my head yeah which which means i'm probably going to be able to get through it unscathed but it's not easy
0: no it's, it's not i mean a funny joke so this is how the sausage is made. Right before we start recording this podcast, I can't find on our YouTube channel. Thank you for people watching on YouTube. I couldn't find the um, pre-approved deck from compliance. And I'm looking all over the place for it. And I asked someone on the team, Unfortunately, he sent it to me, and everything was okay. And then I realized I'm the guy who did it. I actually saved it as 12 Oh, for 2022. So I got the year right. <laughs> I got the day of the month, right? I got the month wrong. I think I was so hyper-focused also on that 20, 2022 part. I screwed up the month, but hey, It is what it is. Um, We're going to move forward. And Jeff, let's do that with a year in review here. Just, I mean, you're the equity strategist. You you did an awesome job last year kind of navigating uh, what was an incredible bull market and suggesting, hey, things still look good, still going to go higher. You know, for the year, stocks were up almost 27% on a, that's price return basis, one of the best years we've seen. Um, My question for you, though, Jeff, is, this is three years in a row now, 29% gain in 2019, 16% gain um, you know, during during 2020 and, and COVID, and then followed up with a 27 percent Is this going to go on forever? I mean, it's pretty amazing, isn't
1: it? Oh, it's been a great run. Um, we don't think it's over, but you know, it's probably unreasonable to expect another 20% plus year, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, you know, you, you've got a number of charts, Ryan, a number of studies that point to potentially double-digit gains again this year, right? So big 20 per- big gains are often followed by big gains. If the economy grows, you tend to see nice gains. It's as simple as that. And ahead of Fed rate hikes, you tend to see nice gains. So sure, we'll see volatility, right? It's a midterm year. You tend to see a little more volatility around midterm years. But, um, you know, maybe we make a run at a fourth straight double-digit return year. That would be uh, really impressive here and, and probably would surprise some people. There are bears out there, no doubt.
0: No, absolutely. And this time a year ago, right on this very podcast, we laid out why we thought, you know, potentially low single digit, see low single double digit returns. That doesn't make any sense. Low double digit. Re- this first podcast I've done all year, guys. Give, give, give me a little slack here, you know. We want to build up the blooper
1: with, reel. I'm right just off excited. The bat.
0: Exactly. I'm just excited when we talk about the Bengals and Chiefs. I'm just looking forward to that. So that's I'm making all these mistakes Uh here. But, you know, but we say, you know, low double digit returns make sense. Bonds probably flat to negative. We'll talk about bonds soon. Bonds had a rough year. But again, we we had some pretty, pretty good calls. And in the midst of a year when the S&P 500 made 70 all time highs, the second most ever, only 95 had more at 77 all time highs. I think, Jeff, you know, that was surprising. I mean, up almost 30 percent on the S&P total return basis 70 all-time highs i mean those things are surprising almost maybe more surprising though to a lot of people and maybe i'll be honest to myself as well only a 5.2 percent max peak to trough correction is all we saw that was i think it was i believe don't quote me here but i think it was like september 2nd to early um october it was the um Oh, I forgot already. The Evergrande, the Evergrande worries, right? The China worries. Remember, we actually had one of our most read blogs on LPLresearch.com all year was talking about Evergrande. One of the most watched and listened to podcasts we had all year was Evergrande. We honestly, in the middle of September, were talking about, is this the first domino to fall to take down the the entire system with all the real estate issues that's going on in China? Fortunately, on this, if you listen to this podcast, you know we said no. That's not the case. The credit markets are still strong. The U.S. economy is still strong. The U.S. consumer is still strong. Maybe a more than a five percent correction. We we're open to that, but we said it wasn't that first domino. I mean, Jeff. So we only had a five percent correction. How surprised were you um, with the lack of volatility last year? Well, I, I
1: guess I'm surprised, but we we probably weren't set up for a ten percenter because. You know, it was early in the economic cycle, and the economy was reopening. Yep. Um, we had all that stimulus. You know, the Fed Fed rate hikes weren't on the radar yet. Bond purchases were still happening in major size. So, I think all of that. You know, rates didn't move that much. I think all of that pointed to a pretty calm year. But but only down five is 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 really rare. Um, and and based on all of that, you know, some of those things are changing, right? I mean, we know uh, COVID is a risk, but we're going to have the Fed hiking rates. We're going to have some monetary policy stimulus pulled back that increases the risk. We're not going to have as strong of a stimulus tailwind in 2022, fiscal or monetary. Uh, and so that could set the stage, uh, certainly for more, um, more volatility uh, in the coming year.
0: No, absolutely. I think that makes sense. The average year, and again, there's no such thing as average, but the average year sees about a 14% peak to trough correction. What's interesting, and you did talk about this, and I guess we're going to talk more about what we see next year at the end, so I don't give too much away. But midterm years, you tend to see a pretty big pullback. 2018, last time we had a midterm year, we had almost a bear market. I think we did intraday, but close to a 20% correction in December. And that was not so much because of midterm election jitters. It was after the midterms are over. It was because the Fed had one more rate hike and the market threw a pretty big fit. Um, but I think, you know, when you consider last year pulled back a uh, 33.9%, no, not last year, sorry. Two years ago, 2020 covid we saw the thirty, uh, almost thirty four percent bear market in six weeks. I don't think too many people, including us, would have said, "Ah, in a year, we're only going to have a five percent pullback." We thought stocks would be higher. We didn't think it quite be that. But hey, it's it was a a, a nice uh, a nice situation, I guess. Now there may be potentially a. a not going to say bad situation, but a, a less warm and fuzzy situation was what happened in bonds, Jeff. You look at something like the Barclays AG, that's your average bond fund, um, or what your average bond would do, I should say, actually down, down about 2%, give or take last year. Um, but that's only the fourth time in history that bonds were down. Now, Jeff, here's my question to you, though. I thought bonds were allergic to higher inflation. We had like, what, 7% CPI, give or take. I mean, you know, close enough for government work last year. Yet bonds were down only about 2%. To me, that's a major win, even though they were down. Talk to me a little bit about the bond action last year.
1: Yeah, the, the fact that bond yields started off so low last year made it even tougher, right? There wasn't a whole lot of income to offset the losses from higher interest rates, which You know, eats away at uh, bond values. So, so yeah, only you know, one and a half to two percent loss. That's pretty impressive, um, Mm -hmm. frankly, given the um, you know, given the fundamentals. Um, And so now that you're at higher rates, even if interest rates move higher, you've got a little bit more coupon to uh, offset those potential principal losses. So we actually think bonds can be flat to maybe marginally higher in 2022. Uh, partly for that reason, but partly also because, um, you know, the market isn't particularly worried about inflation. And we don't think uh, the supply de- demand dynamics in the bond market are going to change all that much, uh, which you know keeps you probably under 2 percent 10 year yield all year.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, that's a great point. You know, we talked a lot on this market signal saying, hey, you know, gold doesn't seem to be too worried about inflation the tenure doesn't seem to be too worried and then just the fact that bonds in general yeah they were down but they weren't they weren't crushed a year ago if you told us you know hey inflation is going to stay stubbornly high and seven percent inflation i I think most people probably would have assumed bonds would be down even a little bit more um you know different spectrums of bonds did well though things like bank loans um did well i mean remind me jeff i mean shorter duration did well um what else? There's other one more. Mortgage backs did okay. I guess it was longer term Treasuries didn't do quite as well. So you know, just like when you talk about stocks or the S and P, there's other parts of the bond world. Oh, high yield. High yield's one I was thinking of. High yield had a pretty solid year along with bank loans. Again, a little lower quality, but that's why you diversify in your bond portfolios, much like you diversify in your stock portfolios. Jeff, any final comments on bonds? Then will uh, we'll kind of move forward. No, well, let's keep moving. Let's do it. So. You know, again, we do call it market signals for a reason. We're going to pat our backs a, a little bit here. We know you're only as good as what you've done recently. But this time a year ago, right, there were some major, major clues. And if you listen to this podcast, you know we were sharing them every week. that said, hey, the things that were happening did suggest potentially pretty good upside in equities. Again, do we know 27%? No, we didn't think quite that high. But we said stocks could do really well, better than bonds, and beat inflation. We thought stocks absolutely could do that. This time a year ago, Jeff, if you remember, we were talking about the november december rally the final two months of, of 2020 all right the s&p gained like 14.9 percent one of the greatest two-month rallies to end a year that we have ever seen the talk a year ago right now was how wow that was a big post. i remember that was the election right the election happened and some major breakthroughs in covid with vaccines all that led to a huge rally People were saying, well, the market's up a lot to end the year, probably won't do so well. On this very podcast, we pointed out, no, January is usually higher, which actually was not higher last year. January was down a little bit, but the rest of the year did pretty good. But the following year was higher every single time, up 18% on average. Remember Mark Twain said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. This Is one of those potential clues that we saw, um, late last year. Now, the other one that I like, Jeff, and I'll let you talk about this one is the um, the December low, right? The December low was not violated in the first quarter, so we talked about this on the podcast in early April. Why it opened the door to strong returns the final nine months, Jeff. You want to dive into this one a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm mean, gonna we'll be watching this one closely over the next few months. Yes. Um, it, it's you know, a lot of these things are related and they tell you generally the same thing. Mm-hmm. If the market's on strong footing early in the year, that tends to be followed by more gains over the rest of the year. So if you have a um, the, um, you know, the market hold its December lows in the first quarter, you tend to see really strong years. I mean, this is as positive of a study as you'll see. In those years, you've got um, you know, 94% chance of a gain, right? I don't know exactly how many years that is, but you've only got one down basically and one flat Uh, with an average gain of 18%. So, um, you know, we'd all take that, I think, in 2022. uh, But certainly one of many things that points to, you know, more more gains ahead.
0: Absolutely. And again, we did a blog, actually. I guess everything's a blur. I mean, wasn't it just a blur right after kind of the Christmas holiday and New Year where you don't even know what day it is? Everybody's kind of a bum. I like had a beard. I stopped shaving. You know, every, everyone's just kind of a bum walking around. My neighbors joke. Well, we can start drinking at ten in the morning, apparently, because nobody cares. So I'm not going to do that. But um, you know, anyway, I, I don't remember exactly what day it was, but sometime over the past week and a half on LPLResearch.com, I put together a blog. I think I had 27 charts, um, which might be an all-time record, but it was it was pretty popular. Just taking a look at all these different signals and charts and things we were sharing throughout all of last year that all again said similar stories. This is a major structural market. Prices will probably keep going higher. We're still in that camp. Um, you know, we'll talk more again at the end, kind of what we see maybe could happen next year. Um, but I will say the Santa Claus rally, well-known Santa Claus rally, is the final five trading days of the year and the first two of the next year. As the time we are recording this, that we should have um, higher stocks during those normally bullish seven days that's perfectly normal, right? I say that it's a warning sign when Santa doesn't come to town. Just think about this. Santa did not come to town in 2000, did not come to town in 2008, and did not come to town in 2016. We all remember 2000, 2008, very, very bad times for the market. But early 2016, that was the worst first six weeks of a start to a year ever. I started at LPL Research, right? It's early January 2016. Remember the market getting killed every day. Everything's going down. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is, this is, this is a well time you know move to a new new place but it all worked out obviously but again it's when santa doesn't come that we start to worry fortunately that's not not the case now jeff this is probably my favorite part of the podcast i know you have a um so if this is for the youtube channel by the way it's only, only work on the youtube channel you want to go ahead and uh change your background for me just let me smile and blow my head up here uh,
1: i i bet our regular <clears throat>
0: listeners know know what's coming there it is so, yeah, so everyone on YouTube, Here it Jeff, is. Jeff now has a Cincinnati Bengals backdrop. I was thinking, so the Bengals played the Chiefs, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, we talked about that for a while. I'm a Bengals guy. Jeff's a Chiefs guy. And I thought about, like, the loser has to wear, like, the other team's jersey. And then, like I said, everything got crazy and kind of forgot. But I so, said, well, let's just leverage, um, you know, the virtual backdrop. But, Jeff, you look good in that Bengal orange. What do you think of that Bengal orange? Thanks. Looking good. Yeah. You know –
1: as long as the Chiefs and Bengals aren't playing, I'll happily root for the Bengals. So um, you know, I, I, I kind of like it. It's a very unique uh, design, no doubt. Those helmets—they uh, they better never change them. Well,
0: that's the one thing they've never changed since 1968. The helmets have never changed. They've changed everything else. Um, so I don't—I don't think they will. But that was—I uh, don't know. We won't, we won't talk too much about it. But that was a wild game. But the, I, I got on the YouTube channel. The Bengals win the battle, but the war isn't over because, again, <laughs> if they both keep winning, they're going to play again, and it's going to be an arrowhead, and that, that'll that be a little tougher, so we'll, we'll just see, but as a Bengals fan, I'll take a um, division championship, and I'll take a, a potential well, a home playoff game, it's looking like it could be the Pats or the Bills, we've got various Pats and Bills, um, <clears throat> Obviously, fans with our more than 20,000 advisors, just on the research team. I've already started talking to some Bills fans about the, the chance of that happening. So we'll maybe some more friendly wagers. And by the way, congratulations to Bert White, our chief investment officer. Um, he's going to retire here in a couple of months. He's going out on top. Jeff, you want to tell what Bert has done uh, to just really rub it in our face as he walks out the door in a couple of months here?
1: Yeah. When, when you missed the podcast, I talked about how I beat in fantasy football in the uh, LPL research league. Well, Bert actually is, is the champ. So, you know, doesn't matter if I beat you a couple weeks ago, uh, Bert's on top. And uh, I believe that's his third championship since he's been in the league, which has been about, gosh, probably 12, 13 years. Uh, I think he might be the, no, actually Joe Byrne, ahead of our alts team I think has more titles, but Bert's, Bert's I believe second all time with those three. So, Congrats to Bert. Really impressive uh, year. There were some good teams.
0: Hard-earned title. Yeah, well, we'll have to get him on the podcast maybe before he officially retires here in a couple months, and we won't talk markets. or We'll just talk strategy for drafting a uh, a fantasy football team because clearly Bert knows what he's doing. But congrats to uh, Bert. So speaking of things that we've learned, let's try to move forward in the podcast, Jeff. What did we learn? 2022 was a crazy year in a lot of ways we just talked about, and we gave maybe a little bit of what we learned, but, Jeff, Talk to me about what you learned. You're the, you're the valuations expert. We wrote a weekly market commentary just this week on three things we learned. The one I want to dive in more is the whole valuations thing. A year ago, right now, I heard all the time, stocks are up a lot in November, December. I mentioned that. I also heard our valuations were pretty high historically, and that could be bad for stocks or at least put a lid on the bull market. That didn't happen, and you kind of talked about why valuations they matter, but maybe not quite as much as some people think. Tell me about what we learned there, Jeff, with high valuations and a bull in the middle of a bull market.
1: Yeah, we we were reminded that valuations are not great timing tools, mm-hmm. right? Um, eventually, they matter, but you know they can essentially be irrelevant for a number of years. Um, you know, the obvious example is you know the price earnings ratio for the S and P five hundred started last year very high, it's come down because earnings growth has been so strong, but it's still high, right? So people who, um, you know, were were scared by those valuations, you know, clearly missed out. Another example of that is the international markets, right? A lot of people have been attracted to the international markets for many years because they're cheap and they just have not worked. They haven't even come close to keeping up with the U.S. In fact, um, it's been over a decade. I mean, there were there were short periods of time where international work, but basically consistently for a decade plus uh, international equities have failed to keep up with the S and P 500. So there's another example of how just cause it's cheap, doesn't mean you buy it um, or overweight it. The um, uh, you need more. Right. And so we, we use technical analysis, certainly uh, in LPL research to um, try to help us sidestep these value traps that was helpful last year. And then um, certainly of course, you got to look for fundamentals and, Really, Last year, the fundamentals in international weren't that great. Uh, the you know, a lot of European countries struggle more with the pandemic. Uh, and then we had a really strong dollar last year, which makes it hard for international markets to keep up with the US.
0: Uh, no, great, great points there. You mentioned you know, emerging or international emerging markets were like down on the year that mainly because of China. Um, I think Taiwan had a really good year, different parts of emerging markets, but still negative. Remember, Scott Brown, um strategist analyst and technician on our team came on this very podcast late summer and said something's going on here with uh, emerging markets you don't know but from a technical point of view something is something's not right and that was an amazing call as em had a really really rough uh, second half of last year and fortunately the u.s did really well and and, um, you know developed international did okay i guess we would we would say now jeff something else that we learned and I wouldn't say learn, I'd say relearned, but it was just the whole, you need to separate your beliefs as it becomes a political with your investment beliefs, right? The President Obama, a lot of people didn't like President Obama for eight years, they missed out on some really good gains. A lot of people didn't like President Trump for four years, they missed on a lot of good gains. Well, Some people don't like (laughs) Um, our latest president, President Biden, missed out on some really, really good gains his first year. Um, So, again, it's so important to separate. And also the idea of when um, President Trump won, they said ah, he and Bezos don't like each other. That's probably true. They thought he might go after big cap tech and tech could do weak tech did amazing. Right. And also they said he would be a president. Trump would be his policy, be a tailwind for financials. Not so much. Said steel and coal do amazing, did very, very poorly. Fast forward to after this recent election we just had, the general consensus was you know green energy uh, would do very, very well, and dirty old crude oil and energy stocks would do poorly. Well, energy just had its best year ever. Okay, and energy, green energy kind of struggled um, for the for the most part. So it's not so clear. I think you need to focus on some other things, the fundamentals, evaluations, the technicals before you just broadly follow as it pertains to, um, you know, your your investing with your beliefs as it pertains to uh, your policies and politics which Jeff is a midterm year. So I think we're probably going to say this once or twice (laughs) uh, during 2022 as it's a midterm year and and we fully are understand, we we understand how emotionally charged so many of these things are rightfully so. But again, it's really important to separate the two. Jeff, the final thing we learned, I'll let you do it and try to wrap it up quick because we, Jeff and I do have a team meeting in about 10 minutes. So we got to wrap the podcast up. Um, Yield stayed stubbornly low. Uh, Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Sure. Yeah. The lesson I think is to watch supply and demand in the bond markets. And so where's the demand coming from? It's, it's coming from international investors, right? We have, you know, while the yields in the U.S. are low, they're much lower overseas. And so when you have, you know, European and Japanese investors buying our bonds in mass, uh, that can keep a lid on yields. So we expect yields to go higher, but not as much as many might
0: think. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I believe the 10 year yield finished at 151 on the year, um, you know, kind of right in the range that we actually laid out this time 12 months ago. But, but again, it was uh, lower than probably what a lot of people were um, expecting. But Jeff, let's move forward. And we've hinted at some of these things over the last month or so. But let's talk about where things could head in the uh, future for 2022. So just some interesting, well, I think interesting at least, uh, stats that just came out. We just had a 10 percent quarter. All right, And it was the seventh winning quarter in a row. And when you look at previous seven quarter win streaks, two quarters later, the s and has never been lower. I believe it's six times, so only six times. This is only the seventh, so very small sample size. But previous times, got the nine quarters, nine quarters, 14 quarters, 11 quarters, 10 quarters. You got to go back to the early 50s, the last time we got the seven quarters in a row winning streak that stopped at seven quarters. So just kind of remember that. A year later, that would be four quarters later, about a 14% uh, return. And that's, again, after you're up seven quarters in a row, 14 hey, percent return this year. You know, it could be a tad higher than what we're expecting. But, hey, things get OK. The economy improves. Consumer strong. It, it, it's possible. You know, it, it's possible. And again, we're up 25 percent for the year this year. Last year. Sorry. Last year. Um, the last seven times we've been up 25 percent. The next year has been higher. Five of those times up double-digit returns. So again, there's lots of things to look at, and we're going to talk about them every single week on the LPL Market Signals podcast. But I guess the one of the key concepts I want to um, stress here, Jeff, and I'll turn it over to you, is just because we're up a lot, just because we've had an amazing rally, that by itself is not a reason to turn bearish. Maybe cautious you know, never in history as the S and P gained at least twenty five percent and gained more the next year. So we're not saying we're going to gain thirty percent next year. We don't think that's going to happen. Uh, very, un- very unlikely. All right, that that would happen. Um, we said bonds had never been only been down four years, uh, four times since nineteen seventy six. Well, the odds of bonds being down two two years in a row, it's possible, right? We don't think it's going to happen. We think bonds have a little bit of a gain this year, but stocks will do um, better and they won't do quite as well as the year before. Jeff, I just said a ton there. In fact, I'm not even sure what I just said. I said a bunch of numbers. Hopefully, I, hopefully I made sense. I mean, what do you think? You're the equity strategist. Uh, kind of fill me in a little bit on where stocks could go this year. Or maybe, Jeff, maybe what sectors we like, to. Let's get a little more uh, granular with it. Sectors and what could happen.
1: Yeah, we made some changes. Um here just um, the other day in terms of our uh, sector views. We, we like financials and real estate uh, and then um, are more cautious on the defensive sectors in particular uh, utilities um, and consumer staples. Everything else neutral as we kind of wait for fat pitch. Uh, but you know, in terms of what I expect this year, I mean, you've got a, lot, a number of studies. I alluded to some other studies earlier, uh, these patterns where you know ahead of a Fed rate hike stocks do well if the economy grows and we're not near recession, stocks do well, right? The two studies featured in our uh, 2022 outlook. So, um, you, you know, you got that coming for you. And then when you just look at earnings, um, we have the potential for a double-digit double digit earnings growth year, even though we had massive earnings gains last year. Corporate America is doing a tremendous job of managing the cost pressures and inflation. Uh, the market continues to look through this inflation as largely temporary a temporary may mean you know six to nine months before we get kind of the all clear but um we certainly are still optimistic that we'll move through this inflationary period companies if uh, they continue to manage as well we'll see double-digit earnings gains uh, and that uh, along with still low interest rates set stocks up for another solid year
0: well said there and again more volatility makes sense it's a midterm year midterm years when you look at the four-year presidential cycle tend to be the most volatile with a 17% peak to trough correction. Who knows if that we're going to see quite that large of a correction throughout the year, but after a more than a hundred percent rally, you know, it, it could happen, but again, it'd be a buying opportunity and we'll walk you through it every single week on the LPL market signals podcast. Um, next year or this year I, I keep messing this up jeff i don't even know what year it is 2022 <laughs> is this year i guess we'll go with that we'll go with that i mean jeff we've only got a couple of minutes um you know it is earning seasons right around the quarter you and i will dig in a lot more on earnings fourth quarter earnings season uh start beginning next week but what also are you watching this week and should investors be paying attention to in the near term that could move markets a little bit Oh,
1: it's got to be the jobs report. I mean, we say that every month. Um, We will get the ISM index for manufacturing, uh, which will be interesting, because that tells you how how we're doing in clearing the supply chain bottlenecks, which is, of course, relevant for inflation. So the ISM matters, but the jobs report matters more, uh, with consumer spending being about 70% of the U.S. economy. So um, consensus around 400,000 jobs, that's a decent number, not great. Um, we probably need a little more progress uh, getting through the pandemic before we can start to see potentially you know, million job months, mm-hmm. but we're probably going to get one, maybe more than one, uh, as uh, labor force participation increases, uh, as everybody can get back to work, we hope, here over the next uh, several months.
0: Absolutely. Great stuff there, Jeff. As always, um, thank you to everyone who continues to listen to this podcast or watch it on our YouTube channel. Give us a like, give us a follow, follow, give us a positive review if you can. It, it goes a long way. Um, our our fearless leaders i'm going to call them neil our producer is taking a well-deserved break so thank you to dawson for jumping in uh this time and helping us get this podcast out to the masses with all that everyone um enjoy some playoff football coming up no it's not playoffs yet i guess it's uh one more week no let's see by the time people listen to this it will be the playoffs right jeff yeah yeah the next the next time we do a podcast the playoffs will have happened, right am i right We will, yeah. We will be done with week eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be getting there. So with all another weird thing
1: about football this year, an extra week.
0: Yes, and we didn't get the day off for New Year's. Rule 7.2. I'm not a fan of Rule 7.2. We did not get an extra day off because of New Year's this year. But anyway, it is what it is. So, guys, thank you for, uh, for everything. We'll be back next week to talk about all the different things that we're seeing out there on the LPL Market Signals Podcast. Take care. Bye bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All index ...are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information reference in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliate. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor, that is not an LPL affiliate. Please note, LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any any government agency, not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit.